Hello, my friends. I've been waiting for you to come to me, for a story to come to me, for a sense of balance to be restored to me and to this castle. Come, sit by the fire. On the floor here are two wolf skins. Soft and warm, very large, each of them. The wolves they came from must have been mighty ones. I wonder how they got here. I would not put such a thing here. I would not hunt a wolf. I try not to hunt anything if I can help it. I am waiting for a question to come. When the question comes, I think the story will come, too. I just have to wait. So wait, I shall. How is your day going? What is the most sinister silver lining? Wonder what the sinister version of the silver lining is. Ah. There it is. Let me take this question and put it in a little box in my mind and shake it up for a while. If we look at a dark cloud in the middle of a storm in our life, if we find we are caught up in the pain and suffering and anger and difficulty and struggle, the ability to see a silver lining, as we call it, a point of optimism and clarity among the confusion and strife, is certainly not only a valuable thing, but an important thing to do as an impartial observer to any situation. We would be remiss to not notice the brightness in an otherwise dark situation. So conversely, we find ourselves in a bright and sunny time, blue skies, fresh air, joy and love and laughter in abundance. But there is one single storm cloud in the sky, heavy as a rock, refusing to leave, a point of darkness and sorrow among the light and contentment. Is there value in seeing it, in the noticing of it? Would we be remiss to not notice the darkness as well? I think we are accustomed to saying no, we must remain positive. We must cling to joy and pleasure and light and push away all that brings disharmony. But I think perhaps this isn't the way either. I think the good and the bad, the sun and the storm, must be observed in all situations. But neither must be grasped with such strength and desperation as to distract from the bigger picture. The entire sky, beyond the sky, beyond the galaxy, beyond the sky, beyond the vast expanse, beyond that galaxy. Can you see that? Can you see how, 
Within that, there is every storm cloud with every silver lining, every sunny day with a black cloud in it, every situation in our lives that ever occurred or will occur. Every single being who has witnessed, is witnessing, will witness every stormy and sunny day, and every tempestuous and temperate night. That is contained in that emptiness. It's all there. Can you see it? It just so happens that I do have a story about dark clouds and silver linings. I've already told part of it. I think I ought to tell the rest tonight. I told you a story years ago. I believe this was episode 41. And I must share with you this secret. That story is one of my favorites. That story has been rolling around in my mind for ages before I wrote it. I never told it the same even as I lay in bed thinking about these characters, thinking about what they felt, thinking about what exactly happens, because it changes according to how I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing. But the story keeps returning, and I keep putting it in a little box in my mind and shaking it up for a while, and then I forget it. But then it always comes back. I thought writing it down would change that. I don't want to give it away for you if you haven't heard it, but basically, it was the story of a man who fell in love with a woman and was turned into a wolf and he and his wolf pack, and the enigmatic witch who led that wolf pack, all lived happily ever after. The end. Well, obviously not. Let's examine that woman and her motives first. This is a thing she does over and over and over and forever because she is forever young, and this is her work, this is her passion, this is her whole life, roaming through the world and living this cycle. For a time, she takes a strong and lonesome man to be her love, and she lives with him as a human for a year, until her pack comes, and she performs a ritual, and bites his ear, and he becomes a wolf, and runs with her pack, also immortal, him as well forever and ever. Loyal to one another, never alone, moving as one and running free in the forests of the world, wherever they please. And can you imagine how large this pack would be now, after all those years? Actually, it stays the same, interestingly enough. The pack does not grow. Why? What happens to all these men-turned-wolves? Come with me to today, whatever that means to you. The world as you know it. Cars, planes, skyscrapers, internet, bright signs, TikTok, etc. At the return to our story, she is at the edge of a forest. 
one she has carefully guided herself and her wolves to for a specific purpose. There is a city close by. He can smell it. He is one of her loyal, loving wolves. He has been with her for 500 years. That's usually about how long it takes, she's found. He has served her and his brothers well. He has loved her and his brothers well. He has seen wonders that erased his memory of who he was before he was this. He has wandered so long that he does not recall what it is like to be a hungry, hungry human. He stands with her, wagging his tail, panting with his tongue lolling, and she scratches his ears. I have to send you back now, she whispers to the beast. She is in a long white gown with no shoes, no coat. And even in the month of December, she does not seem to be cold. Of course she doesn't. Her very long black hair hangs down her back like a great mane. Her large dark eyes look at him with the greatest love and sadness, but also pride. She took a long, sharp fingernail and dragged it along his spine. He howled one last, great howl. Not in pain, but in the worst, most awful, aching loneliness. Sadness at losing his witch. She who led him through the woods for so long. And then he shed his skin. An agonizing process, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk instead about what he thought of. In his mind's eye, his life flashed before him. Not the wolf's, but the man's. He remembered much of the joy and love. Being a child, being a young man, being in his prime. The friends he'd made, the family he'd experienced. Even the hunting dogs he'd loved. His home what the trees looked like where he lived. He remembered everything. He remembered her finding him. And this was the first dark cloud of our story, if we are telling it chronologically, which I believe we finally are now. He was on the grass. He had been run through by another man's sword. The man hated him for betraying him. Truth be told, he could not for the life of him remember how he had betrayed this other man. He knew it must have been awful, but whatever it was seemed so small after a short little lifetime, and then five hundred years with the witch in the woods under the moon. He felt guilt and sorrow that he was once such a hungry human that he could cause a man to look over him as he lay dying with tears in his eyes. 
I'll hate you forever for what you've done, he said. What had he done? He heard wolves howling in the distance, and the man standing over him holding the blade grinned through those dreadful tears. Don't die before the wolves come for you, he said, and started to walk away. He heard his own voice screaming insult at the man as he left. He screamed of his hate in return. He screamed curses upon curses upon him and his soul. He screamed vulgarities. He screamed idle threats. He screamed things that he heard now and regretted saying. And that's when, not a wolf, but the witch came and found him. And she is our first silver lining in our poor man-wolf's story. She took him to her cottage in the woods, nursed him back to health, and he loved her. He had to love her before she did it, you see. And when the time was right, she turned him into a wolf. Wolves circling him peacefully, she bit his ear and that was that. His new life begun. Another black cloud perhaps being tricked into leaving his human life with all of its desire and drama behind. But then another silver lining. For in his life as a wolf in the woods with his witch, he found the most pure and wonderful sense of peace. But all that was over now. The man stood in the woods on the outskirts of a city, wrapping a wolf skin around himself. He trembled on his two legs. He wept, he sobbed, he howled for his woman, but she did not come. He wept, he sobbed, he howled for his brothers, but they did not come. He was all alone. Another dark cloud the largest one in his very long and very remarkable life. He knew what he was meant to do, but he dreaded the doing of it. All the same, she had told him to go back, so he had to go back. He stumbled towards the city, his belly empty and aching. He quickly had to remember what it was to be a human and he did not trust the human he was five hundred years ago to teach him how to. He had to try again. It was difficult. Imagine what that must be like. Walking into a modern city. Imagine whichever one is closest to you, with nothing but the skin of a wolf to your name. You might be arrested. You might be questioned, you might be mocked, you might be attacked. But you also might be helped, you might be cared for, you might be treated kindly, you might be shown compassion. I suppose it really depends on what the other characters you would encounter in the story are like, and what they decide to do. Regardless of how difficult it was for him to navigate, he did it. He conquered his fear of the city lights, 
He traveled through the city as best as he could, but it was very hard. He didn't understand how to do this anymore. Sometimes at night he would howl at the moon and wait for his brothers to call back to him to tell him, You have done enough, brother. Come home and be a wolf with us again. But it never happened. They could not hear him. He was not a wolf. They couldn't care less for human howls. After about a month's time, the moon was growing full again. He had worked hard, he had been trying to grow accustomed to the world he was in, and he had found some people and places who cared enough to help him. Though some others had been cruel to him along the way, of course. But he was still here. And so was the moon. He was standing on a balcony, feeling cold in the December night air, but not daring sacrifice the sight of the full moon. He entertained the hope that perhaps he would change back on the full moon, but no such luck. Oh well. Another dark cloud. But he could still admire the moon. He thought about his good fortune to be sleeping in a bed tonight to be given a place to stay by someone he was lucky enough to call a friend, after knowing them for less than one month, no less. Good fortune had found him. Another silver lining. He thought about howling at the moon, but he knew it was futile. He didn't want to cause a commotion in the place he was lucky enough to be staying in tonight. He turned to go inside instead. He heard it in the distance, but it sounded strange. It sounded like, like a human howling. Strange. He was speaking the language of wolf howls. He knew it too. He was howling a question. He was howling one word. Brother? Our hero on the balcony's eyes went wide, and he let out a very long and very loud howl immediately, throwing his head back, his neck stretching towards the moon. He answered with joy, with love, with gratitude, howling one word. Brother. And the reply came again. The human, in the distance, howling again. The man ran inside the apartment. He apologized to his friend and thanked him profusely, but then ran out into the hall, down the stairs, to the lobby, out the front door, down the streets, down the sidewalks, following the sound of the hungry human howling, following his brother's voice towards the edge of the forest. He recognized the voice. He recognized which of the wolf pack it was. She had done it to another of them. She hadn't left him to be on his own. Oh, he loved her for it. She had never meant for them to do this alone. Tears froze in the corners of his eyes, and he laughed and wept at the same time, 
running, 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 running to his brother. The memory of her voice filled his ears with that song he'd heard her sing over and over and over when he was a human. He had almost forgotten that, too. Run from your home, child, run to the woods. The moon is full and bright. I wait for you there in the heart of the woods. So run to me there tonight. Though it's cold and dark in the heart of the woods, I will be your warmth and light. So run from your home, child, run to the woods, run to me there tonight. When he made it to the woods, and saw the man there, standing in the snow on two shaking legs, sobbing, weeping for his witch to take him back. He saw that he held his wolf skin in his hands, staring at it and crying like a child. That skin, yes, he knew it. It was indeed his brother. He would know that fur anywhere. But when the man looked up and met his eyes, his blood ran cold. He had seen those eyes before. I'll hate you forever for what you've done, he had said. Don't die before the wolves come for you. This was the man who had tried to murder him. He who had done that awful thing to him. Yet he had done something awful to him, too, hadn't he? He had. He had... Oh, what was it? It was starting to come back. You. The man in the snow whispered, his mouth pulling instinctively into a snarl. And all was remembered. The man-wolf we've been following for a month, he remembered all of it. The drama, the death, the pain. He had caused it, and then he had received it. He had murdered someone, someone this man loved, but wasn't that out of revenge too? Hadn't someone else been killed first? Or was that from another lifetime ago? They cursed each other, these two men. They had screamed hate at one another with tears in their eyes and spite in their heart. I'm not about to invent a stupid story about once upon a time he loved someone, but he killed that someone, so he killed someone else, or he hurt this one, or he abused that one, or... They were from families who hated each other for decades, or they were soldiers on enemy lines... doesn't matter. They are all of that anyway, I think. Or at least I'm beginning to think we've all done this so many, many, many different times before. 
At some point it has to stop. Right? The man in the snow faltered, and the man who ran from the city to his brother ran to his brother once more and caught him in his arms. The man in the snow kept crying, crying as hard as his brother had cried one month ago when she left him in this very spot. He hadn't had anyone there to catch him. Different now. Blessedly different. He held the other man gently as he wept, and whispered reassurance to him. All would be well. It is difficult, but it is well. We are here, and look at the moon, too. It's still there. And it was still difficult, but a little less difficult now. And the two men wolves easily abandoned that hatred from five hundred years ago. Of course they did. What was all that, anyway, compared to what they had seen in the woods since? Compared to the peace they'd felt in the safety of each other's warmth in the winter nights. Compared to what having a soul mate to help you in the difficult unknown world meant. And that was such a wonderfully sweet feeling that they kept their windows open and their ears ready to hear human howls at night. To listen to any wolf or human, regardless of pack, who cried out for comfort, for guidance, for hope. Or who just cried out in hopes of hearing another howl answering back. And if they were really lucky, perhaps once every hundred years or so, for immortal they still were, as all my werewolves usually are, Maybe once a century, they would hear her singing to another man in the woods, and they would know that another man was about to be given a most dreadful gift, a most wonderful curse. I'll be your warmth and light. Yadam bum 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 bum. Yada da da dum. Run to me there tonight. Oh, run to me there tonight. Dark clouds. Silver linings. I would not take any of the clouds nor the linings, no matter how good or how bad, away from this story. They're perfect just the way they are. Perhaps no experience can be all bad, and no experience can be all good. You can find silver linings of the most sinister nature at every turn. You can find bright and joyful ones, too. I suppose that's up to you in the story. I can't control everything. 
and I've tried. So no, these wolves whose skins we sit with by the fire were not hunted at all. Perhaps they're here, in this castle somewhere. Do you hear anyone howling? Hello everyone, Kristen Zaza here. Welcome to December. Thank you so much for listening to episode 216 of On a Dark Cold Night. If you don't know, I'm your writer, narrator, composer, editor, podcaster, etc, etc, etc behind the show. It's nice to be back here after a little time away. Things are getting busy for the holidays and in the chaos, I needed a little rest and recuperation time. But here I am, and here you are, and I'm certainly glad for it. Big thank you to Wendell. I'm very grateful both for you supporting on Patreon and also submitting this very interesting question. Thanks, Wendell. If you want to support the show over Patreon, like Wendell, visit patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. Every monthly supporter of $1 or more US receives access to my complete soundtrack, while supporters of $5 US or more get that and access to a monthly tarot reading I upload for the full moon. Again, learn more at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. If you'd prefer to donate one time only with no perks, you can buy me some metaphorical coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also purchase a t-shirt or hoodie at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. I'd also love if you left a rating and a review for the show on iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, or wherever else you like to rate and review podcasts. You can follow me on social media too. I'm on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, or on Facebook and YouTube under the page names On A Dark Cold Night, or on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. These are all great ways, including over Patreon and coffee, or even in a review, to submit a question if you have one for me that you'd like to possibly hear answered in an upcoming story. So give me a follow, tag me in a question or tweet or post or whatever it is, wherever you like to engage online, and I'd love to hear your questions. Thank you again for listening and for spending time in the castle tonight. I hope you stay well, get lots of rest, take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll talk soon. Good night, my friends. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.